0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back for another episode of Out of Bounce. As always, I'm your host, Spencer Brown. And joining me, we have Dalton Bishop.
1: Hey. Christian is still on
0: vacation. He'll be back next week, hopefully, when we do a lot more with like NBA draft preview and whatnot. But while we're on the topic of the NBA, last night was uh, Game 6 of the NBA Finals. The Milwaukee Bucks won... Uh, very good. It was a very good game, very close, 105 98 to clinch their first championship in 50 years. Uh, Bringing Milwaukee instead Wisconsin a championship. That city has been starved for a while. Um, Giannis had one of the perform- best performances I've seen in a long time. Probably, I mean, I say a long time, but LeBron has some great performances. But to put up 50 points in a closeout game is impressive for anyone. And, like, Giannis, you could just tell. He was not going to let that team lose last night. 50 points, 14 rebounds on the game. Um Just an absolute f- fantastic series. Dolan, your takeaways from um, game six last night?
1: Yeah, uh, it was very, very interesting because the Suns were up early. If you remember that, Spence, they were up pretty yep. early, and you thought that it was going to go to game seven, but – uh, it seemed to me like the Suns, especially in the fourth quarter, were cracking down. And, uh, the crowd, man, and the players, uh, from the Bucks, like, they just, they were able to grab hold of the lead, um, with about, I think it was about four or five minutes left. Um, and they never looked back. They kept, they kept scoring, <laughs> kept playing great defense, um, uh, I was watching a breakdown right in front of my eyes. To be honest with you, um, congratulations, congratulations to Milwaukee, um, yeah. the Bucks, the entire Bucks organization. So, yeah,
0: one thing I always enjoy when I see a team win a championship is look at their roster like top to bottom and see like guys that you wouldn't necessarily think of because you know if you're on the roster, you get a championship, and uh. By, my, by our count, Don and I were discussing earlier, there were three players that won a championship in college and also won a championship in the NBA. And it's also three straight years. There was 2017 UNC, had Justin Jackson, who was on a two-way deal with the Bucs this past year. 2018 and even 2016 Villanova, Dante DiVincenzo, who got injured in the first round of the playoffs against Miami, which... I for whatever right reason I forgot that Devin was a starter for the Milwaukee Bucks, so they're playing this whole playoffs essentially without their starting shooting guard, and it didn't seem to matter really at the end of the day. And then um, Mama Diakite from Virginia, to won in 2019, um, going to that exclusive club of winning a college and NBA championship. And with Diakite, he also won a G League championship this past year. With the uh, Lakeland Magic, because Milwaukee's G League team opted out to play, so Diakite went with the uh, Magic's G League team and ended up winning a championship with them. Uh, Don, any thoughts on those guys? You know, joining that exclusive club of college champion and NBA champion.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean it's 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 pretty cool, to be honest with you. But also, it takes a little bit of a little bit of a uh, luck. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. gotta fall into the right situation. Uh, of course, these dudes falling in the draft. Naturally, they're gonna go to pretty good teams who are championship ready. But um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of, kind of, kind of dope to to go back and look at it that way and see if you know if there's any there's any uh, players who started or started on this championship team who actually won running, who won a uh, championship in college and even the G League, like you said.
0: Yeah, like these guys weren't contributors, like for the Bucks at least. But when they were in college, they were, they were studs at least. Um, real quick, also you can't go up mention the Bucks without mentioning, uh, you know, Drew Holiday traded away um, to Milwaukee. Milwaukee said, "Hey, we want you on our team." Trade all this draft capital, um, and they even trade for They traded for Drew Holiday before even Giannis had that extension that Giannis signed like a week or two later after the trade. So they trade for Drew essentially hoping that, hey, if we get Drew Holiday, will Giannis resign? And it ended up working and they get a championship out of it. So uh, Drew Holiday, fantastic career so far, getting a championship now. Um, uh, Chris Middleton, you know, hitting tough shot to tough shot. Fan favorite, Bobby Portis. I mean, the list goes on. You can go up top, top to bottom with this roster. Uh, just again, congratulations, Milwaukee bringing the trophy back to Milwaukee. Um, and of course, it goes without saying, as we elaborate at the top of the show, Giannis under the Kumpo finals MVP. Um, just a great career for Giannis. He's 26 years old right now, and he, he's already been a two time NBA MVP, two time or not two time, one time Defensive Player of the Year. Um, got all these. Uh, three-time first-team NBA, two-time def- uh, second-team NBA, and now he's adding champion and finals MVP to his resume. I mean, this is a three-year stretch by Giannis. Back to back MVPs, in one year, and now winning a finals MVP. I mean, that's a very impressive three-year stretch for anyone. And for him to come to before 26, I mean, the future is very bright for Giannis. Wouldn't you say, Dalton?
1: Yes, I would definitely say so. I think I think really, um, he was determined, determined to win one without joining another super team. You can put that in quotes, um, yeah. and really doing it with the team that drafted him, uh, much like players used to do before, um, the super team era, which was about six, or, I think, seven, I would say about seven, uh, I'd say about six or seven years ago. I think mean, yeah. 2012, 20, 20, 2013 started it, especially when LeBron and um, LeBron, D. Wade, and Bosch teamed up with Miami. Um, but, yeah, no, that um, that's that's really, really inspiring and also admiring to see that Giannis was able to do this um, and that the Bucks believed in him and surrounded him with chess pieces and players that could um, help Delivering them a title
0: Yeah, always glad to see that I mean, It makes you Love the guys that stay With the process And I mean this talks right now, we don't need to get into it Right now, but Damian Lillard, he says He wants to win a championship in Portland Giannis showed it is possible to win A championship while staying with One team, maybe Lillard, he sees the time is out in Portland, maybe not That's a discussion for another day, but I mean, again, congratulations For the Milwaukee Bucks also in NBA news, the uh, Washington Wizards have now closed out the door on head coaching vacancies. They have gone with Wes Unsell Jr. to be their new head coach, Unsell Jr., son of NBA Hall of Famer and actually Louisville legend because he's from our hometown, uh, Louisville, attended the University of Louisville. And Wes Unsell was a legend for the Wizards as when he played in the NBA. Uh, and what's his son now following in his footsteps of his late father. And I think it's, I mean, yeah, the father-son dynamic is pretty cool to see that happening. But also, Wes Unsell Jr. made on his own merit. He spent time as an assistant coach in Denver. And, I mean, yeah, nepotism probably got him his start in the career. Has Mike Golick always said about his son, Michael Jr. Yeah, it got his start in career. But if he wasn't any good, he wouldn't be – where he he still wouldn't he wouldn't be coaching if he wasn't any good at that job, and I mean it's a testament to his you know work ethic, and the Wizards are interesting crossroad because you know they still got Bradley Beal they still got Russell Westbrook, but the rest of the roster is uh it's not the best roster in the league to say the least and it's gonna be interesting to see how that goes but I like the hire personally I think it's got potential you know. He, Uh, in Denver under Mike Malone. They've had some really good teams. He worked with the MVP of Nikola Jokic this past year. So he's definitely got the experience. And I think the Wizards, it's going to be a rough, I think, one or two years potentially, but this guy's got a chance to have maybe a deep playoff run in the the near future. Uh, Dawn, your thoughts on the Wizards going with Wes Unsell Jr.?
1: Yeah, um, I think this is definitely definitely a good move for them. Um, We'll see if he can turn things around. Um, I say turn things around, but um, you know they did. They did happen to make. Uh, what was it? They made the or this, excuse me for these they playoffs. Were the they made it. Yeah, they made it into the playoffs. Okay, cool. Um, I shouldn't say turn it around. Well, let's let's get them to be a better team next year. Sort of, sort of what we thought about the suns at this point last year, right? Like they, they just barely missed the playoffs. They went eight no in the bubble, but you could see the potential right um, now in terms of like the draft coming up, hopefully they can hit on all their draft picks. And then the, there's so much uncertainty around what Bradley Beal's going to do. People think that he's going to stay. I personally don't think that he's going to stay. I think that he wants to leave and go to a title contender, like, like immediate, like a Milwaukee or a, um, or a uh, Los Angeles Clippers um, teams, t- t- teams of that nature. Um, and then, you know, Russ, like is how much, how much time does he have left? You know, it's just a bunch of uncertainty and whether they want to tank now for the future, or they want to just go ahead and just keep their pieces and see what they can do in the playoffs or if they make the playoffs. Um, but I think this could be very, 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 very good experience for West on And, um, of course, being under the tutelage of Mike Malone never hurts. Um, he's, a, he's an outstanding coach for the Nuggets, so this is very good.
0: Yeah, I mean, we can, the draft, speaking of which, coming up next week, we will hopefully get a preview show out for that beforehand. But that does it for our NBA talk. On to other big events from the past weekend. Um, the event formerly known as the British Open, now known as the Open Championship in golf, was won by Colin Morikawa. He has been an interesting story, if you're not familiar. He's uh, 24 years old. Um, you know, he won in his first ever opportunity, won the PJ Championship last year, and then wins the Open Championship this year, finished fourth in the U.S. Open this year, uh, tied for 18th in the Masters. He's already got two championships in the list of athletes to win you know two majors uh before turning 25 or like in their first ever opportunity to win these events um it's a very small list i think tiger's like the only one that else has done that uh so it's a very actually no he's the first player to win two different majors in his debut but, uh, but again that list winning before 25 he's like him tiger i think Speeth might have been on that list there's a few others i could be missing but this guy's got a very bright career in the sport of golf. We've seen this year he had, like, you know, Phil won. He's 50, oldest golfer, won a major. Um, and now we got Colin winning. He's at 24. So we've seen the young guys and the old guys competing neck and neck with, um, you know, these major championships. And I, I just enjoy seeing anyone because that thing about golf is, you know, individual sport. There's really not any by. I mean, I saw maybe Bryson Shambo that you really root against in the sport of golf. You just want to see everyone, you know, do, play their best round of golf. Um, still getting creditless to Morikawa on the victory. Uh, Don, your thoughts on a you know Morikawa? You know, doing all this stuff before the age of twenty-five and winning the you uh, the winning the British Open as it used to be called.
1: Yeah, I um, just you know, just my my um, thoughts right off the top of my head, and you know, I think. I think really, like, these young people that are doing a a fantastic job in their careers really early on. Um, You can see the youthfulness um, really, really come alive as they're able to, you know, really take hold of these pro events and not blink or flinch or anything like that. When they see esteemed veterans like Phil Mickelson and uh, Jordan Speed, Justin Thomas, Bryson DeChambeau, like all these guys. Right next to them, so it's it's nice to see that they're, you know, um, competing at a at a, a very very high level. Um, keep up the great work, of course. Uh, you know, there's like a sense of un, you know, there's like a, a sense of uncertainty. You know, who's going to who's going to win like each golf event? You can't really, you can't really, you can't really bet on that. Like, there's like certain sports that you can. Like, like you feel really good about going in in terms of like betting and being able to see like who's really got a good shot. With golf, you have no idea. You have no you like you don't even know where to start because all these events they have at these golf courses. There's different, there's different holes of course, different pars, yardage, everything. Like it could totally go down in shambles for you in the first first uh first 18 holes or it could go really really well for you and then go in shambles you know it's it could it could take a turn for the worst or take a turn for the best for you for throughout the entire tournament um so I, i think that's really what we also love about golf is that um there there is like this element of um uh, I don't know, I guess you could say suspense or uh, su- a surprise, you know, being able to see a different winner for each event um, and not really know what's going to happen next.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I believe that does conclude this year's uh, golf season. I mean, the Olympics are coming up, so there's golf in the Olympics, um, which okay, we'll cover the Olympics on the show when they start, they start a few days from now, actually. So we'll cover that for sure. Um. Other news, um, the NFL, which I think we, we've omitted the NFL for a bit because there hasn't been much news coming out that way. But um, a few big stories. Uh, first one I want to talk about is Melvin Ingram. He's been a mainstay mainstay outside linebacker for the Chargers organization, Dean back to even their San Diego days. Uh, you know, hit free agency this year. Uh, he wasn't signed yet. He just recently – agreed to a uh, one-year contract with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, last year you know he got, he got injured um, was plus an IR with a knee injury last November um so he he only plays seven games you know but he has showed he's been a very uh, good outside linebacker throughout his career and he goes to a Pittsburgh team which is known for having a you know very good defense under Tomlin. And I think it's a good fit. You know, one-year deal, prove it. Um, He does really well. He maybe re-ups in Pittsburgh, gets paid somewhere else. He is 32, which, you know, that tends to be the downside for uh, defensive players. But you never know with these guys. Some guys with modern medicine, technology, these guys are playing into their, uh, you know, late 30s. Like James Harrison, a former Steeler player. He played until he was 38, 39 years old in the league. So who knows how many years he's got left. But, Injuries can definitely take a toll, but I, I like the move for both sides. Um, Don, your thoughts on seeing, um, you know, Mel Ingram going to Pittsburgh, joining the Steelers organization?
1: Um, I think it can't be good. Sure, um, it's nice to see pass rushers go to Pittsburgh. It's one, that was one of the few things around the league that we know for certain that they're going to have good pass rushers. Um, this could be his best year yet. You know, you have TJ Watt on the other side, which is going to bring some double team. Melvin, of course, is going to leave, uh, Melvin Ingram one-on-one. Um, although he did have the same thing with Joey Boza, um, in Los Angeles slash, uh, San Diego. So, um. Uh, You know, I I definitely could see him getting more than ten and a half sacks, which is his career high in sacks, actually. Um, But, you know, we'll see. And there I mean, obviously, injuries can play a factor in scheduling who they play, how good the offensive lines are Um, with this. You know, know, like especially with training camp and preseason actually happening this year, um, it's going to be very interesting to see uh how his performance especially off an injury uh how that uh, seems to work out
0: yeah uh one thing i do want to note is they did lose um bud dupree to the tennessee titans this offseason and you know dupree was their starting linebacker so do you see like a similar type of production because like last year dupree uh 31 tackles eight sacks i mean same scheme i'm assuming in pittsburgh so do you see uh ingram doing the same type of production that dupree dupree had last year
1: it could be that way for sure um i mean i mean his i mean his goals his goals have to be at least eight sacks um tackles for losses gotta be would you say 30 30 to 40 something like that
0: yeah around if he plays all Um, 17 games that keep on the 17th game this year if he's healthy and plays every game
1: right so i mean he's gotta have you know some sort of goal set bud dupree had eight sacks last year um he went and signed for a nice deal in free agency to i forget where but
0: tennessee
1: tennessee lovely um which they needed. They they really need pass rushers, but that's another conversation for another day. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I mean I think I think definitely eight sacks is doable. It's definitely doable for him. Uh. And you know, my, of course, Mike Tomlin, he's gonna he's gonna look out for him. Um. We've seen before guys like James Harrison and other pass rushers. I think I think Stephon Tuite is in his thirties. He's still playing pretty well over there um and so he's you know to be able to coach these guys up um i think pittsburgh in hindsight was probably the best available situation melvin could have gone to um especially at his age
0: yeah um other nfl news do we're going to discuss this you knew it was coming uh, I'll also have you take away uh, explain the Cam Akers situation to everyone because it is involving your team Los Angeles Rams
1: of course um, I didn't see this coming of course I did see it coming for in terms of pod schedule <laughs> but the actual injury I did not see coming and I am not happy but I can understand I can definitely understand it so, uh, during a workout, I think it was a couple days ago, uh, Cam Akers um, ruptured his Achilles, tore his Achilles. Uh, he'll be out for this entire season. I think it's a it's. Uh, – I'll throw it over to you, Spence. What do you think?
0: Uh, it's a devastating blow. I mean, you, you know the Rams organization better than I do, but I remember just Akers – When he was at Florida State, he was a very good running back. And I remember talking to you after the draft. I was like, look, I know you probably don't know much about him, but he's a very – he was like eight um, – he was the second team all-ACC in 2019 behind. uh, Like the first team was Travis Etienne and A.J. Dillon, who both got taken high in the draft. He was a very good running back and a very good conference ACC. So he's – it's unfortunate because I hate to see injuries, especially – at this stage in the off season, it's always worse when it's obviously like you know, week four, of the preseason right before it starts, or you know, and anytime it's always worse. But in the offseason, and his second year is over before it begins, he was going to take a very good step forward, has that lead back in, in Los Angeles in McVay's offense. Uh, it's devastating. I don't know. Um, we discussed this a little over text, but do you see the Rams? taking on a free agent that's out there. You know, Le'Veon Bell, he's not what he once was. Uh, I think Shady McCoy is still available. There's a lot of guys who at least have that name recognition where you know the name. They may not be that as productive, but there's still a lot of reasons. Uh Is there any couple of that Trump that uh, caught your eye that you would love to see possibly in Los Angeles?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, before, before I get to that, you know, I just want to piggyback off of what you said, you know, it could be, it could be a huge loss for sure. I know, I know, I know the Rams definitely did experience some of not seeing cam Akers on the field. Cause he, I think, I think, I think like maybe like the first few weeks of the 2020 season, um, he had gone down with a rib injury. So Daryl Henderson was, and well, Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown took over and they just did a running back by a committee. But I, you know, I think really, um, The running backs for this season, with Cam Akers being out, and even with him being in if he wasn't injured, it's so youthful. Like, it's so young. On their roster, they've got Daryl Henderson, who is a second- or third-year pro. Um, Raymond Calais, who has been in the league for maybe two years. Uh, Let's see. Jake Funk. Who was drafted this past year in the seventh round from Maryland, and then a um, uh, uh, and then I think his name is Otis Anderson. He's an a uh, undrafted rookie um, from God, where is he from? UCF. So it's extremely young running back room, and also the running backs coach is fairly new. I think they hired him on last year. So the fact that like like they really need to get a veteran in there, uh, somebody who has been in the league for a long time, like a Le'Veon Bell, like you mentioned, Lashawn McCoy. Frank um,
0: Gore is still out there for he's thirty eight years old. I don't know how much production he would give you, but Frank Gore is still out there. Corner spot track.
1: Like I know, I know we were we were talking about it. Um, just the production doesn't even have to be good. We're not looking for a for like a workhorse and every down back. I know if we have to go running back committee, they'll go running back by committee. Like it's 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 no big deal. Um, we've seen success with this type of offense, the West Coast offense. Um, we've seen the running back by committee work, uh, I would, especially with the Niners, who coincidentally we have to play twice a year. Uh, so I, 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 it's, it's terrible that he ruptured his Achilles and that he's going to be injured. Uh, I hope he gets better, but it's not the end of the world. Like our season isn't over. So I really hope they go out and get somebody. Um, (laughs) I just saw this bringing back CJ Anderson would not be the worst thing in the world either.
0: Yeah, does he even retire officially? He's probably still out there if you wanted him. I,
1: I believe he's still a free agent. I I don't think he's retired. Um and even if he did, I I'm I mean, Wikipedia says he he's
0: retired, but I mean we've seen Marshawn Lynch retire twice, and three times maybe, but I don't even know what the final tally was.
1: Yeah, retirement, I don't I don't believe it until somebody actually Hangs them up for good. Yeah, people come yeah. in and out of retirement all yeah, the time. Yeah, Gronk
0: did it. I mean, yeah. Calvin Gossett never came
1: back, but of... situation a was totally finances. different. But yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, I think, I think, I think if Sean calls CJ up and asks me if he wants to do about twenty percent of the snaps per game, uh, for some extra dollars, and a, you know a a chance to go make a Super Bowl run. I mean, who wouldn't, who wouldn't say yes to that, right? Yeah. So, if nothing else, bring in
0: somebody just for, like, a camp body because you can have 90 guys on your roster. And I don't know the right rain back well, – you mentioned all the them at, uh, at camp. So, nothing more. Just bring someone in for at least camp.
1: Yeah. Um, just, you know, some good experience. That's all. That's all. Um, but, yeah, Spence, if you don't have anything else on the subject. I know I don't.
0: But Yeah. And I do have other NFL news. Uh, staying over in the NFC West – uh, earlier today, Fred Warner inked a five year extension with the San Francisco 49ers, making him the highest paid inside linebacker for now. Although, like I said, I say for now because there's an expectation that Darius Leonard for the Colts will sign a higher deal sometime in the coming either days, weeks. It's going to come soon for sure. But Fred Warner come off obviously his best year yet in the NFL, played all 16 games, 125 combined tackles, 79 solo. Um, only one sack, but he does play that inside linebacker, so you're not really blitzing or rushing the passer much to get that. Uh, did have two interceptions, so, but again, you watched him, again, the stats don't do it all justice, but watch him on the field. Uh, he's definitely a key contributor for that 49ers team that just two years ago was in the Super Bowl, so he um, is on the up and up uh, first, last year made his first Pro Bowl, which um, I don't think it means much, but first team all pro does mean a lot to these players and that's what I value. So he obviously you hit it at the right time, kinda like where you can get extended and you come off your best season yet. Only 24 years old. Uh I texted my cousin immediately after because he's a 49ers fan. And like Warner was one of his top two or three favorite players on that 49ers team last year. So he was obviously excited to see. Uh, Warner get that extension staying over out west. They got that great defense. And if you remember, their defensive coordinator left to go to the Jets head coach, John Robert Sala, but they promoted their inside linebacker coach to their DC spot, which is what position Fred Warner plays. So his position coach is new defensive coordinator. So that's going to bode well for Warner going forward this year. I know you have, you hate face, facing him twice a year, but uh, just the production level, Warner. Um, your your thoughts on the contract extension and what you expect to see from going
1: forward, Dalton? It's definitely much deserved. Nineteen million a year um, for an inside linebacker is uh, well, it's highest pay now, but you can expect that, especially from his agency that he signs with that he that he signed with. Um, Athletes First is pretty much known at this point for breaking the bank with their players. Notables like uh, Deshaun Watson, uh, Jalen Ramsey. I'm sure Michael Thomas, if he, already, if, he if he hasn't already, he's going to. Um, and now Fred Warner, you know, um, you know these players. Of course, they all are exceptional players, um, much deserving of their contracts. I expect Fred to take another step up, um, and become the best if. Not one of the best, if he isn't already, uh, a linebackers in the entire league, not just in the NFC. Um, I expect him to you know, contribute more, like getting sacks, uh, more Pro Bowls, first-team All-Pro. It's hard. I wouldn't know, but I've heard that it's hard to get a first-team All-Pro accolade which I think that Fred can do. He's got the versatility. I play, I mean, um, I see him twice a year, so I know that he's fast from sideline to sideline. So I think that he definitely can go up and up from here in terms of his in terms of his skill and like his intellect about the game.
0: Yeah, I'm just looking at the uh the list last year. Um uh, all the publications you know had Fred Warner, Bobby Wagners on the list, Darius Leonard was on the list. TJ Watt, Roquan, that's the first team. Uh, this is just incul- incul- encompassing all linebackers, not separating them. But then you look at the second team, you know, Devin White from Tampa Bay, fantastic year late. Levante David also in Tampa Bay. Roquan Smith was on both, depending on the publication that released them. So, again, okay, much deserved. Uh, San Francisco, their defensive core seems to be in place. You know, Nick Boza is probably going to get locked up next year. Locked up in terms of a contract. I hope that was um, clear. He's going to get that contract extension, be locked up long-term in San Francisco going forward. Um, other news around the sports world, the Seattle Kraken, the NHL's expansion team, uh, the expansion draft, it's going on as we speak now, but the picks were all leaked earlier today. Um, no, The only thing I recognize, and I'm a casual hockey observer, I don't know all the names like left and right. There was some talks about potentially Perry Price, the goalie for the Canadians being taken, but they opted against that. Only name I recognize semi is Jeremy Lozon from the Bruins. He's 24 years old. Um, Seems like it took a lot of uh, youth um, players. Uh, Calgary flames, Mark Giordano Norris trophy winner in 2018, Um, you know, he's getting up there in age, but he seems to be a good pick. Um, again, you can look at the roster online. If you know more about hockey, you can probably dive divulge that and, you know, come up with a stronger opinion, but I like it so far. I guess I can't complain. Um, who knows? We'll see like a Vegas golden Knights style where, you know, their first year, they going from first year musicians to the Stanley cup finals, like Vegas did. Uh, one thing of note with the expansion draft for the NHL, at least, um, Every single team, you know, they get protection lists, but the crack get to pick from every single team one player, with the exception of Vegas Golden Knights, because Golden Knights have only been around for four years. So they didn't get golden knights to keep all their players intact. Uh anyone else, you know, you have to protect some players, leave some guys that could be exposed and taken. But I'm just excited that we get, you know, expansion teams are always fun to watch. They could be like Vegas or they could be like other sports where you see them tend to struggle, you know, ride the gate, get some footing in the league. But I'm just glad we can see some hockey in, in, um, in Seattle. And it's going to be on ESPN next year. They're going to televise some games. So you get a lot of chance for exposure for hockey next year. Uh, that's all I have for tonight. But Dolan's got some racing, and that will conclude the show. So, Dolan, take away with your racing
1: updates. No nope. problem. Um, okay. Uh, Formula One first. Just this past weekend, we had um, the Rolex. um, That happened. And I think it was at 9 o'clock in the morning on a Sunday. Um, Max Verstappen was the heavy favorite. He's been killing it the entire season. Um, But, of course, the the, uh, defending champ was Lewis Hamilton. So people thought that he was going to be able to Go back-to-back back and win that. I actually did as well. I called it on the pod last week. Um, so you go back and listen to that episode. Uh, Lewis Hamilton coming first, like I said, uh, followed by uh, Charles LeClerc, uh, Vactaria Bodas, Lando Norris, uh, Daniel Ricciardo, up Okay. Um... Yeah, it was kind of conversational. It was kind of convers controversial at the very beginning, though, uh, when they started the race. Um, Verstappen and uh, Lewis Hamilton were like neck and neck, almost like their tires were very, very, very close. And especially when you're racing like that with those type of um, how can I put it cars, cars, vehicles. Uh, one wrong move and you're going to, you're going to crash. And that, and and that's, and that's, you know, actually what happened. Um, Luckily, Max Verstappen was okay, but um, his car was not good. Like uh, he was pretty much out for the out for the entire race. And that happened at the very beginning. After that, it was all, it was all Lewis. And Lewis was able to come away with the win uh, while only having two pit stops the entire race. Um, now to the standings real quick before I get to the next event. Um, the driver standings for Stappen is still in first with 185. So we got Lewis Hamilton with 177. Uh, Lando Norris with 113. Uh, Bottas with 108 and Perez with 104. Um, I think if Hamilton keeps it up, he'll definitely – will definitely take that first overall spot stop first overall spot from Verstappen, um, but we'll definitely see how it goes in terms of the teams or constructors. Uh, Red Bull is still in first with 289, Mercedes with 285, McLaren with 163, Ferrari with 148 to round out the top four. Um, the next yes. we have. Um, um, the Hungarian Grand Prix in Budapest. Uh, um, Lewis Hamilton is actually the defending champ there. That race will happen on August 1st at a 9 a.m. on ESPN. Um, before that, actually July 30th, they got free practice. Um, two free practices, followed by another free practice on the 31st, and then qualifying for spots. So, like, first spot, second spot, third spot, so on and so forth. Um And so that race, actual race, happens on August 1st, like I said. Um, And that's pretty much it for Formula One. We'll go to NASCAR real quick. So this past weekend, we had the NASCAR Cup Series race at New Hampshire, uh, in Luton, New Hampshire, actually. um, Our top five consisted of, I think his name's, A, A oh my God, A-L- (laughs) <laughs> uh, I'm not even going to try to pronounce it. Eric. Um, Marola. Uh, he came in first. Guy who I've never even heard of. Christopher Bell came in second. Brad Keselowski <laughs> came in third. Joey Logano came in fourth. And Ryan Blaney came in fifth. This past... I think 2019's winner, I don't believe they had in 2020, uh, Kevin Harvick came in sixth, followed by um, Kyle Larson in seventh. Other notables, Denny Hamlin came in tenth, uh, Kurt Busch in sixteenth, Chase Elliott in eighteenth, William Byron, 21st, and then, um, excuse me, Kyle Busch did not even finish in the top 25. He finished in 37th. Um, Next race isn't until August 8th at Watkins Glen in Watkins Glen, New York. Um, that'll be on uh, the sports network at NBC. Um, that should be an interesting race. Um, uh, let's see, Watkins. Um, the last winner there was Chase Elliott. Uh, we'll see if he can actually win that uh, for his third time. Uh, he actually won it in twenty eighteen as well. Um, so we'll see if he can he can pull out the dub this uh, there, that next upcoming race. Going to the standings, uh, Denny Hamlin, who I just mentioned, is in first, followed with with eight hundred and seventy four points, followed by Kyle Larson, who's in second with eight hundred and sixty one. Those, those two guys are pretty much fighting for first. It's a race between – it's a race, pun intended, between those two guys. Um, William Byron in third with 749. Kyle Busch in fourth with 740. And Chase Elliott with 736. Uh, that rounds out the top five other notables here. Um, we got Kurt Busch, uh, Kyle's brother, if you didn't know that already, with 552 sitting at 14th. Um, Brad Keselowski with 776 uh, is just inside the top 10. <clears throat> Kevin Harvick to round out the top 10 with 700 or 673. Um, Joey Logano uh, just outside the top five at the sixth rank with 733. But um, those are the rankings and the upcoming events, uh, past events as well for NASCAR and F1. Uh, that's all I got for, for you, Spence. Um, right back to you. I guess. All right.
0: Well, um, it's now, like I said, the expansion draft is going on live as we speak. It's now official. The first ever pick by the Seattle Kraken was Jeremy Lozon on my Boston Bruins. So congratulations to him being the first official pick by the uh, Kraken in the expansion draft. They signed a guy recent, like a few months ago, make them the first member of the team. Um, like I said, all the picks pretty much leaked. So we all know it's just becoming official now. Whenever they feel like making the guys official but bit. Um, thanks again for tuning in for another episode of Out of Bounce. Hopefully next week, Christian will be back. I'll be back from vacation soon. Hopefully next week, all three of us can be back to our uh, regular schedule trifecta of podcast hosts. Uh, we really do appreciate you, can, uh, your continued support of the show. Um, we got a lot planned going forward. You know, the Olympics coming up, NBA draft. Uh, NFL preseason be right around the corner, so you don't want to miss the stuff that we have coming up. But as always, I'm Spencer Brown.
1: I'm Dalton Bishop.
0: So thanks again for listening and enjoy the rest of your day.